the share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Throne of grace, I bow my knee. 
the church. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I come before you, Lord, recognizing that you are supreme in authority. Your power is great in the heavens and the earth, and your anger is shown against all wickedness and the evil imagination of men. Father, I boldly approach your throne yet again, this time asking for grace and mercy for your bride, the church. Your word says that judgment shall begin at the house of God, so let the church bear the greatest indictment because your invisible works are clearly seen, demonstrating your eternal power and divine nature. All men are without excuse. Yet through hypocrisy, we have given place to your enemies to blaspheme your great and holy name. Because of our perversion and deceitfulness, which brings shame to your name, they question whether we are really your children. For this cause, Lord, we are guilty and bear the greater burden. We have been weighed in the balance and been found wanting yet we refuse to change our path. We have been deliberate in our great trespass before you, Lord, and we are not hidden from your sight. We have provoked you to anger with our foolish and unwise behavior, being spiritually blind and naked, allowing the world to see our shame. Heavenly Father, because you are a God of mercy and great compassion, we come before you in humility that you may examine our ways. We come before you confessing that if we humble ourselves and pray, seek your face, and turn from our wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your hands are not shortened that they cannot save, nor your ear heavy that it cannot hear. We stand before you, Lord, to answer the indictment that has been laid against us, and pray that through repentance our sins will be forgiven. For we have done wicked things in your sight, even rebellion against your commandments and your continued reminders and warnings. In the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our shortcomings and weaknesses, seeking to be washed in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. For we were called to be the salt of the earth, a people that would bear witness to your name, follow your examples, live by your commandments, and set a difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Instead, our hearts have been pierced with the desires of the world, and we have adopted their ways, chasing after materialism and lust and compromising your standards. We have not sought you for who you are, 
but for what you can give and how much we can get. We have allowed worldliness into your church and created unholy alliances with the world, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil, while refusing to take a righteous stand. We have sought validation from the world and coveted the admiration of men who have perverted your statutes for selfish gain. We have shown them all that is in your sanctuary, giving access to thieves and robbers who now make merchandise of your sheep and a mockery of your name. We have failed to protect the innocent, neglected the cries of the poor, and watched as families are being destroyed. We have not sanctified you in the eyes of the people, becoming powerless gift chasers who adorn the things on the outside while failing to address the evil within. We have compromised your word by seeking popularity and friendship with the world, choosing to entertain the masses with our talents and gifts while watering down your word and speaking fables instead of convicting people to change. We stand idle as the innocent are snatched from the womb while we defend the guilty giving them place on your stage. We are consumed with the pursuit of wealth while at the same time we are robbed of morality, dignity, and holiness. Through compromise and exploitation, we have lost our influence. Through sermonettes and motivational speeches, we have catered to itching ears. And through hypocrisy and double standards, our pulpits have been stripped of power and authority. We have even embraced the lifestyles of this world and distorted the meaning of your love instead of preaching the sovereign design and plan of God. We have lost our way, Lord, and given over to the cares of this life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, Forgive us, Father, for we bombard your throne with selfish prayers while the world around us declines and decay, drifting further and further away from you. We have been mesmerized by the lust of the world and desensitized by its influences while engaging in unspeakable acts, adultery and fornication, abortions, drunkenness, promiscuity, hatred and insensitivity, drug use, blasphemies, idolatry, man lying with man, women lying with women. We defile ourselves by flooding our minds with pornography, immorality and lust, and other kinds of sexual perversion. We have neglected our children and not taught them your ways, putting success and riches before love and direction. We have allowed our marriages to grow cold, harbored unforgiveness, and refused to show affection, while opening the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our families. We have become a lukewarm church, lacking holiness and obedience to your word, even denying your name, Lord, and abandoning the cross. We have allowed false prophets to operate in the church while embracing false gods and religions. We are in a backslidden state and confess our sins before you. We were all born into this world with something to surrender, but so many of us have refused to let go, choosing to embrace our fallen nature by making excuses for sin as opposed to trusting your word for deliverance and healing. In doing so, we have denied the power of the cross and the delivering authority of your resurrection. We go down in the water, but never come up, sinking further and further into the death you gave your life to conquer. We have titles without meaning, performances without actors, services without substance, and buildings that are lifeless when it comes to the real power of God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we repent, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, let your anger and fury be held back, and let your mercy fall upon us as we repent of our wicked deeds and turn back to you. Let us once again be the people you have chosen to show yourself strong in the earth, 
that through our examples and trusting your word, the world will once again look to the church for salvation and demonstration of the true power of God. Lord, please hear our cry, incline thine ear, and behold our frail state, that we may eagerly approach your throne with boldness and have confidence at your appearing. Your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, and we come to you by faith, knowing that without faith it is impossible to please you. Deliver us from the guilt of the past and wipe away all condemnation, for through our sin we have given the enemy access to our lives and the legal right to carry out his diabolical plan of destruction against us. But now, Lord, through repentance his rights have been revoked. In the name of Jesus, we denounce Satan and his demonic forces of evil and his rebellion against the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, he loses all rights to torment, deceive, destroy, afflict, and manifest himself in the lives of your people. And we sever all ties, cooperation, agreement, conspiracy, and relationship with the world and the world system. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we command Satan to loose every stronghold, demonic manifestation, false belief, vice, grip, addiction, spell, and curse right now according to the word of God. We choose you, Lord, and the finished work of the cross, and want no part of Satan and the temptations of this world. I declare right now that we are loosed in your precious name. Lord, we renew our covenant and commitment to you, and exercise our choice to faithfully serve you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, we make a conscious choice to turn back to you, and once again follow after your statutes and commandments, and pledge our undivided service and devotion to you. But we have been bought with a price, and serving you is our reasonable service. So help us, Lord, to be lights in this world, ambassadors of the Most High God, and instruments of righteousness, representing your will and not our own. I pray, Lord, that our hunger and thirst for you is never quenched, and that you give us both to will and to do your good pleasure, that we as a church may fulfill the calling and purpose that you have spoken over our lives. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we denounce the pleasures of this world, false doctrine, and all forms of spiritual adultery. We pray that you expose the synagogue of Satan operating behind church walls, every lying and deceitful spirit, and demons operating as the angels of light. Let us not worship or reverence anyone or anything but the true and living God, and drive out the spirit of Antichrist. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that you remove all doubts and bring revelation to every distortion of the truth, and that we drive out the spirit of Jezebel that teaches fornication, lust, and idolatry. That her curse, seduction, and influence be broken and bound right now in the name of Jesus and erased from the hearts and minds of your people. I ask, Lord, that the depths of Satan operating in the church be exposed and driven out in Jesus' name. That we no longer defile ourselves through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, hating all evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. Grant us spiritual discernment that we are not deceived. Let us examine the fruit of a man and not be gift chasers led astray by talents, gifts, and charisma. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that the church will once again be known for its good works, love, faith, dedication, patience, and compassion to all men. That we hate the sin but love the sinner, understanding that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Let us love according to the word of God, standing on the truth, preaching the word in and out of season and making no provision for the flesh, while understanding that grace is not an excuse for sin and a justification for heaven. 
Help us, Lord, to minister without compromise to those seeking the truth and be found without spot or wrinkle, boldly proclaiming the truth of Christ and the power of his resurrection. Let us live and reign with Christ, clothed with holiness and abiding in his presence through eternity. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I speak life into your church and come against all dead things. Let our branches bring forth fruit in their season and our roots be nourished by the waters of life. Let us be called and set apart, chosen and faithful, serving as kings and priests in your kingdom, knowing that we are in the end times, that we be not lulled to sleep by the passing of days, nor deceived by scoffers who deny your coming, but that we are watchful and that day does not overtake us as a thief in the night. We are pilgrims in the earth and this is not our home. So we look forward to the rapture and second coming of Christ, having faith that the promises of God shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we hold fast to our belief that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by you, and that we never lose our boldness and passion for the Most High God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that we are not weary in well-doing, and that we have a desire to spend quality time in your word and in fellowship with you that we neglect not the fellowshipping of the saints as we are one in the body of Christ and sealed by the precious gift of the Holy Spirit, that we may all faithfully walk in the calling and purpose we have been given, pressing toward the mark and high calling of Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day and that nothing we have done is in vain, but all things are accounted to our heavenly account that we may be rich towards God. Lord, let us run this race with patience, looking unto you who has endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that was set before you, that our names be confessed before the Father and written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray, Lord, that we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the love of God, that we may receive a crown of life promised to those who endure unto the end. Now unto God, who knows the beginning from the end, who is our shield in time of trouble and who causes us to endure the fiery furnaces of life, we give you honor and praise. We proclaim and ascribe greatness to your name, for your deeds are perfect and all that you do is just and fair. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and cause darkness to flee in the presence of light. I pray, Lord, that we demonstrate our gratitude for all that you have done by keeping your commandments. For your word says obedience is better than sacrifice and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Let your word be a light unto our path revelation in darkness and our blueprint for all matters pertaining to this life and the one thereafter. It is through you, Heavenly Father, and the power of your might that one could chase a thousand and two could put ten thousand to flight. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. These things I ask and pray and affirm in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen. 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 Good evening. Happy Sabbath. And welcome once again to LBJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweetang Bible Study Hour. Oh, yes. As always, we are always looking forward to our Bible study time with you. Yes, it's always nice to get together with brothers and sisters in Christ and discuss His Word and just have a great time uh, getting to know our Heavenly Father even better than we did last week. That's right. And so if you never joined us before, we thank you for coming and joining us now. And if you listen all the time, welcome back. So we're going to be talking about conformity 
compromise and crisis in worship. We're going to talk about all three of those when it comes to worship. Yes. So Hebrews, we're going to start with Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14. But solid food is for full-grown men, for those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either to divine or human law. So we got to be able to know the difference between good and evil. Well, yeah. I mean, once you get to know God, you start building a relationship with Jesus. Yes, the Holy Spirit will lead you that to know good from evil. So right. that's, that's why you have the Holy Spirit to, to let you know these things. And let you be able to discern these things. I mean, you got somebody who say, I don't believe in God. Is that bad? Is that good? Is that evil? You got people that say, I believe in uh, the, the dead rising. Or you talking to the dead. Is that evil? Is that bad? It's evil. Okay. See, the Holy Spirit so here. So you got to be able to distinguish between the two. That's right. You got to be able to know that God said you the dead know nothing, but the lie know what? That they're gonna die. You gotta be able to distinguish that you can't talk to the dead. You gotta be able to know what you're talking to is something evil. It is not the person that died. That's right. And so you have to be able to the Holy Spirit is there to let you know that you can't do these things. That's correct. See. You can't go to the cemetery and give the dead a birthday party. <laughs> you can't do these things, see? That's correct. That you know? is very true. <laughs> hey, the dead don't have no birthdays. Right. Okay? You know these things are wrong. The Holy Spirit is there to let you know don't worship the dead. Don't praise the dead. They're done for. They have no more nothing. So in order to understand truth and what's good and evil, you need to start reading the Word, the Bible in itself. Amen. 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 Right, because the Word will tell you what's real and what's true and what's error. That's right. Sure will. You know, there was a writer named William Golden, and he wrote this book called The Lord of the Files. On the flies. This is the book he wrote. It's just a little story. Okay. Well, the book tells an imaginary story about a group of English children. After a plane crash, the children get stuck on an island on which no one lives. Golden uses this story as a modern parable about how humans are naturally evil. What makes the story so powerful is that he uses children. Children are supposed to be innocent, but the children in the story become evil and rebellious, and they cannot be controlled anyway. So Golden shows how evil people are at heart. 
So Christians probably will say, well, so tell us something we don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Human <laughs> evil and sinfulness are very much a part of the Christian message. The Bible is clear on that point. And most people agree that evil is bad. But they cannot agree on the answer to the question, what is evil? Oh. So we're going to continue, we're going to study worship, which is going to be focusing on or giving attention to a certain kind of evil, okay, a yeah. kind of evil that has brought terrible results to God's people and to all people in general. So we can read about what this evil did to the old time Israel. Mm -hmm. But we need to ask the important question about just how easily we give into this evil ourselves. Wow. And not realize that we're, giving, not realize. Not realize we're giving into it. So we're going to start in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. Okay. Genesis 6, six and verse five. And 5. Okay. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination and intention of all human thinking was only evil continuously. So what one point do Genesis 6 5, and we're going to go to Jeremiah 17 5. And we're well, going to compare yeah, go these. What, what is the one point that Genesis 6 5 bring out? Well, we're going to compare that with another verse. Oh, okay. Right. We're going to go to Jeremiah 17 5. We're going to compare these verses, and then we'll go. We'll answer that question you just asked. Okay. Jeremiah 17 and verse 5. Okay. Jeremiah 17. Right here. Jeremiah 17. 17 and verse 5. Verse 5. Okay. Thus says the Lord, Cursed with great evil is the strong man who trusts and trust in and relies on frail man, making weak human flesh his arm, and whose mind and heart turn aside from the Lord. Okay, we're going to go to John in the New Testament, chapter 2, and verse 25. John 2, 25. All right. And he did not need anyone to bear witness concerning man, and needed no evidence from anyone about man, for he himself knew what was in human nature. He can read man's heart. And one more. We're going to go to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, verse 9. 10, 11, and 12. Romans 3, starting at verse 9. Well then, are we Jews superior and better off than they? No, not at all. We have already charged that all men, both Jews and Greeks, Gentiles, are under sin, held down by, and subject to his power and control. 
as it is written, none is righteous, just, and truthful, and upright, and conscientious, no, not one. No one understands, no one intelligently discerns or comprehends, no one seeks out God. And all have turned aside together, they have gone wrong and have become unprofitable and worthless. No one does right, not even one. So all those scriptures, what they have in common mm-hmm. is that we just evil continuously. <laughs> yeah, we just it was, we don't even know how to do right. We was born into evil. Right. We was born into evil. We 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 know nothing but evil. When we think we know good, we that's have turned evil. away from God. Exactly. Yeah. When we think we doing good, it's still evil. Because what we do good, we gotta uh 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 He said even out the good we do is like filthy rags. Yeah, because our motives are wrong. Correct. If when we do something we got our motives are wrong. We're doing it for the wrong motives, we doing it for the wrong cause. So we continually do evil. We do not know good. That's right. So all through the Bible, we are warned. The human heart plays tricks on us. People are evil. Do not follow others. No one is safe from evil. There is only one exception, and this is Jesus. Jesus never sinned. So Um, very few people in the Bible are pictured as being examples of such true goodness. Isn't that something? Yeah. No, you know, they can't see themselves as Jesus because he's so evil. Continuously. Continuously. Jesus came to be an example to us. He sure did. What his father was. Mm-hmm. See, this is the purpose of him coming to let us know that we can live a life like this. We can't live a life, a perfect life, through him now, not not by ourselves, but through Jesus Christ, we can live a perfect life. That's correct. He said, "All things through Jesus Christ, we can do all things through Him." So we must live through Jesus Christ, and we can live that perfect life. That's right. It has to be through the Father. And you know, um, one does not need the Bible to know just how evil humans are. History tells us how evil humans are. Well, I don't the newspaper, go, the Daily News tell I, us how evil humans are. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to Hitler. Oh when, my goodness! <laughs> I'm gonna go back to Hitler. Hitler was one of the meanest men on earth. I'm, I'm gonna go back to Hitler himself. And he's one of the meanest men, and from him on, and from him back, however you want to say he, him, whatever, was evil. Yes, absolutely. His love was so evil, he didn't, he didn't know how evil he was. And right on up to today, we are all evil. Continuously, Continuously. We, we can't even think good things. No, we can't even think good things. 
If we do, we got a, the wrong motive. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> so, if you think you're thinking good, think about your motive. Why am I thinking good like this? Oh, because I want Gina to earn my pants. Right. <laughs> oh, I need some money. <laughs> well, I need some money. So we got to, the motive is wrong. So we, it's some good to us. You know, and just like you said, you've been looking in the newspaper, the daily news tells us how evil humans are. Our homes, and at times our own hearts, should be enough to tell us how evil humans are. So what should be scary for us to remember is that a perfect angel, as Lucifer originally was, could choose evil even in the perfect place of heaven. Well, wow. He, he, because one creature came into his life. Lucifer? Yes. What creature was that? Selfish. <laughs> Pride. Pride. See, all them ten people came into it. He was doing good. He lifted himself up. Yeah, yeah, he lifted himself up. Higher than what he he thought of himself, higher than what he should have thought. Because if you think about Luther, he was a head archangel, right? Mm -hmm. He ran everything in heaven. He was on head honcho. Correct. Okay? But one day he decided that wasn't enough. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to create now. Right. See, and just being who he was mm-hmm. wasn't good enough. And wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. Pride got in the way. Selfishness. Okay, mm-hmm. greed. Yeah. Hmm? See, he invited some other families in that didn't, wasn't there at first. And you know, also, there's other perfect humans such as Adam and Eve chose evil, even in Eden, then what about us? We are born with sinful natures. We carry those natures with us into a sinful world. No wonder evil comes so easy to us. Right. It is implanted in our genes. Well, we, um, we, 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 broke, we broke the agreement with God. See, mm-hmm. that made us become children of Adam and Eve. We broke the, the agreement with God. We, we broke everything with God. We had to give yeah. up. We're no longer children of uh, Christ anymore. We're children of Adam and Eve. Yes. So now, mm-hmm. that means God had to come and redeem everything because we broke the ice there. Yes, we did. So now we're sons of Adam and Eve, which make us sinners. Mm-hmm. We're all sinners now. No, but we have to be careful in our understanding of evil, what evil is. Okay. You know, some things are so clearly evil, so clearly bad, well, that anyone would judge them as evil. But evil can be much more hidden. Oh, that's what Things that the world or our culture and our society might think uh-huh. as normal or be oh. wrong, sinful, even oh. evil, according to the Bible. Oh, well. 
See, oh. some things we can see clearly and some are hidden. Hidden, yes. Like, um, I would say um, these um, groups of fraternities, 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 sororities, masons, and things like that. Yoga, things like yeah, that. Yoga correct? and stuff. Yeah, that these secret societies that they, uh, yeah, that the Bible is, we find nothing wrong with them, but the Bible speaks out against them. Right, and we're going to talk about some other things. Let's go in Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse okay, 8. Okay, let's get into it. Deuteronomy. Okay. There we go. Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse 8. And verse 8, okay. You shall not do according to all we do here in the camp this day. Every man doing whatever looks right in his own eyes. And let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 8. Okay. Deuteronomy 13 and verse 18. 13, 18. 13, 18. Okay. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep all his commandments, which I command you this day to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord your God. So what important difference is being made here? Why is this difference important for us to understand? Well, first he's telling us we are trying to do things that's right in our own eyes. But in Deuteronomy 13, 18, he tells us to obey the voice of the Lord your God and to keep all his commandments, which he has commanded you to do. What is right in God's eyes? It's not our eyes. So exactly. And that is it. When we lean to our own understanding. See, that's our voice, our own understanding. Then we pull away from the the obedient obeying God's voice. That's right, See? and we're doing that again today. And In we, this day and time, we lean to our own understanding. It may look right in your eyes, but what did the Bible say? Right, what did the Bible say? Well, everybody is doing it, so it can't be wrong. That's the problem. He said, "Don't follow the majority." That's right. And so many people want to follow the masses. What happened in the flood? That's right. The masses died in the flood. Remember that. <laughs> only so, eight people were saved. Only eight people were saved. Amen. So Amen. that tells you don't follow the masses. That's Even right. in Lot days, Solomon Gomorrah, the masses were burned up. That's right. And only three it would have been four, but Lot's wife right, turned her head. Right. So three was saved. So right. think about the Lord, what the Lord is saying here. If we don't pay attention, we're going to be one of the majority that get burned up. They get burned up. All right. <laughs> so let's go to First Kings chapter First 11. King. Yeah, we're one of those that get burned up. First, First King, King chapter yeah. 11, verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 13. Okay. Okay. But the king Solomon 
divinely loved many-form women, the daughter of Pharaoh, woman, the women of Moabites, Anamites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They were of the very nations of whom the Lord said to the Israelites, You should not mingle with them, neither should they mingle with you. For surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Yet Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart from God. So, for when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect, complete, and whole with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Melipom, the abominable idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as David his father did. Then Solomon built a high place for Chimosa, the abominable idol of Moab, on the hill opposite Jerusalem, and Molech, the abominable idol of the Ammonites. And he did so for all of his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning things, that this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he did not do what the Lord commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Because you are doing this, and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely rend the kingdom from you and give it to your servant. However, in your days I will not do it for David your father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to your son for David, my servant's sake and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Wow. Wow. We got a lot of Solomon now. I yes. mean, when you look around the world, we got a lot of Solomon right today. We we got Solomon that running at the jobs, their cars, their, their money, their uh, clothes, their makeup, their lipstick, mm. their jewelry. Uh, their houses, you, well, just look around. We got Solomon's everywhere. And think about this, you correct. Politics is the art of compromise. Oh, oh you, you didn't give me a chance. I was giving a hit I'm going to continue with Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. In this case, the word arts, very important. This is because compromise can be very what? Subtle. Subtle, right, subtle, right. Uh, right, politics is one that we shouldn't, we shouldn't get involved because it pulls our mind away from God. It put our mind, pull away from God, put our mind on man. Put our exactly. mind on what man is all. And, and I know a lot of people say, well, we, God said obey our uh, leaders. Superior, the leaders. Uh, yeah, uh -huh. I know. 
Now God said, obey our leaders until our leaders start conflicting with his laws. Right today, every law our leaders make is conflicting with God's law. It sure is. They said men can marry men. And what he says, that's right. Subtle, very subtle. Very subtle. Having fine and, and deeper shades of meaning. That's what subtle is. And the action on the part of the person doing it. That's right. So a good politician is someone who can get people to change their minds about something. And the people often do not even know don't that they're doing just that. Just that. They don't know that they're going against God's law. And they right. say, oh, this is a good thing. Oh, look what they're doing for us. Oh, they're doing this for our best. But they're not realizing that it's going against God's law. And you know who is our best politician in this in this world today? Satan. Satan is the best. He's the he best is. politician around. Well, he said that who's taking the seat? That's right. The Antichrist. The Antichrist. So he's going to be the best politician. It's already messing with the minds uh, of people now. Right. I mean, anytime you sit here, I can remember when I was coming up, there was no such thing as legalized marijuana. Mm, that's right, because they said this is legal, it's, it's weed weak. Weed weak, really. So, in other words, you can walk around here and smoke weed without nobody saying now, anything. The Bible, in your car and everything. The Bible said, keep your mind. Clear. Clear. You can't. If focus. You, you got to focus. focus. Now, if you're going to do that, then how can it be legalized? I mean, come on. We're talking about a, a society and a, mm. and a system that is going against God's word. Compromising. 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 That's what we're talking about, compromising, okay? Now, when we start compromising, then you, you cannot straddle the fence. Now, you can say all you want to, well, you don't vote, then you can't talk. Okay, yeah, I can, because I can speak for God. That's you right. speaking for man, I'm speaking for God. You're compromising. So yeah. we both can still speak. That's right. You speak for the world, and, and I I'll speak, speak for, God. for God. So all through the Bible, amen, we find examples of the evil of compromise. Not every compromise is evil. In a way, life itself is a kind of compromise, but compromise becomes another example of human evil when those who should know better fall away from the truth that God has given them. All right, there you go. When you fall away from God's word to be a part of the world, you have compromised. You have compromised. When you right. say there's not nothing wrong with that, let them do that. You'll compromise. Right. Just because you want to make your grandkids happy you or compromise. make your, your kids happy. And you know it's wrong. And you know it's wrong. Oh, you'll compromise. So be careful, So please. be careful what... What you do. I mean, we are getting in the time that Satan is putting everything before us and saying it's okay. And it's not. You can do it. God's church has got to step up and speak up. 
That's right. And now is the time to do it. We're going to take a break and come back. We're going to play a song. We're going to come back and talk more about conformity, compromise, and crisis in worship. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour.
Tremaine Hawkins and Holy One. Beautiful song. Yes, a beautiful song. So, I, I love, I've always liked her. Oh, yeah, I love, always, love yeah. the Hawkins family. Always been nice family. Oh, yeah, great songs. So, if you just joined us, you're listening to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. And we're talking about conformity, compromise, and crisis when it comes to worship. So we was talking about in First King about Solomon. First King 11, 1 through 13. And this describes in, in First King 11, 1 through 13, and describes what happened here. How did this happen? How did Solomon get caught up? Well, the only <laughs> thing I can tell you is that Solomon was a ladies' man. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. He, he had too many women, yeah, he had concubines. Too many. And, and, and his, wow. his parents tried to give him some leadership. Well, Solomon, and he was following the Lord, and then all of a sudden you got all these wives and princesses and concubines. That's what got him messed up, is that one particular one. Well, he was saying when he got old, his wives turned away his heart after their gods. Well. For one. Yeah. So but pro- then also Solomon done evil in the sight of the Lord. That, what did yes, Solomon did. He built a high place for Chemosh, Chemosh, the abominable idol of Moab, on the hill opposite of Jerusalem yeah. for the Molag, the abominable idol of Ammonite. He so got his so worshiping the idols as those women worship idols. Oh yeah, he, he followed after uh, right, he followed after, them. Yeah, they he followed them. him towards their God. That's right. He he they pulled him towards their God, their idols, their things. Was God told him no? He knew better. This is why he should have stuck with his women and not got Caught up in those other exactly. See, scenes. it didn't happen suddenly. No, it was a gradual. He said, right. as Solomon grew older, right. his wives turned his heart heart right. towards other gods. In other words, it did not happen suddenly. See, when Solomon was a young man, he was pretty, he was pretty strong, intelligent, and intelligent, smart. smart. Oh, yeah. But as he got older, the women noticed he got weaker. And they knew, yes, they knew that, okay, he, you know, we got him now, he's getting old and weak, we can pull him and persuade him to come my way now. Well, well like you said, it, it suddenly turned, instead he changed bit by bit. Yes. Over time, a little compromise yes, here a little led compromise to a little there. there. Yeah. So each step took him further and further. Well, uh, where he should have been. Away from God. And then at last, he was doing something that he would not ever have done when he was younger. There you go. Wow. Because he That's was a strong man, and God, he, he stood his ground. But the older he got, the weaker he got. These exactly. women knew that. They knew that. They knew that. And they started pulling it. I mean, you think about all the women they had. I mean, they were. Pull him Look from how many he had. Back, 
but from back, front, top, right? I mean, every way they could find him, they wasn't much of him in the pool. Yeah, because he had so many of them. Of <laughs> course, that was against God's will, too, so you know, all the women he had. So what happened, very true, what happened to Solomon, consider, too, what Solomon's compromise did to worship in Israel. They had a negative influence that would last for many, many years because of what he did. Yes. He brought a curse down on them. Yes, he did. He brought so, a big curse down on them. The, the curse was brought because the things he did. And that's he right. Dropped, he dropped a big curse on his people. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to go to First uh, King chapter 12, verse 25, 26, and 27. Okay. Then Jeroboam built a shikam in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there. He went out from there and built Peniel. Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom will return to the house of David. If this people goes up to the house of the Lord of Jerusalem to sacrifice, then the heart of this people will turn again to their Lord. To Rehoboam, king of Judah, they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So in 1 Kings 11, Ahijah, the prophet, came to Jeroboam, King Solomon's servant, with a message that he will become king over ten of the tribes of Israel. But the prophet made it clear to Jeroboam that his success will depend on his faithfulness to God's commandments. And that's in, let's read that in verse 37 and 30. Oh, what were it? Oh, okay. But the prophet made it clear to Jeroboam that his success would depend on his faithfulness to God's commandments. But sadly, Jeroboam listened only to what he wanted to hear. Let's look at first. King 12, we're in 12, let's go to 16 through 20. So when all Israel saw that the king did not heed them, they answered the king, What portion have we in David? We have no, in, no inheritance in the son of Jesse to your tents. O Israel, look now to your own house. David. So Israel went to their tents. But Rehoboam reigned over the Israelites who dwell in the cities of Judah. Then King Rehoboam sent a Edoram who was over the tribute, taskmaster over the forced labor, and all Israel stoned him to death with stones. So King Rehoboam hastened to get into his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel has rebelled against the house of David to this day. When all Israel heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. None followed the house of David except the tribes of Judah only. Mm. Wow. So, 
He forgot what he needed to do for success, so he was all too ready to lead in the rebellion. So almost right away, Jeroboam took steps to prevent his people from returning to Jerusalem to worship. That's right. You know, Jeroboam tried to start a false religion that would separate Israel from worship, from the worship of the true God in Jerusalem. This was a mess too. So let's look at we in First King twelve. Let's go down to twenty five. Read twenty five through thirty three. So then Jeroboam built a Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, Ephraim, and lived there. And he went from there and built the new one. Uh, Jeroboam said in his heart, "Now the kingdom will return to the house of David." So if these if this people goes up to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to sacrifice, then the heart of this people will turn again to their Lord. So we have read that. So notice how this new false worship was nearly the same as the worship of the true God. Right. Oh, wasn't too much different. What wasn't? They were about the same kind of worship. But at the right. same time, the false worship did not follow most of the advice of uh, God. Instead, one, it offered sacrifices and authorized, gave power to non-Levite priests, and then it made cows, cows of gold to worship. Mm. Now that's what God was upset about. When they made all those objects all and these gold, all these images and things to yeah. worship, God was very upset about that. So all this stuff they did, and, and they, they still—they're still doing that today. Yes, this is yes. why God is. This is why God is so upset that those some of those countries today, you know, are still making uh, calls and, and all kind of worship that shouldn't be going on today. Exactly. And God is very upset and saying, "Stop it!" And they're, they're not doing it. You know, it is so easy for us today to look back and think, how could they have fallen in such a obviously clear backsliding? But you know what? But us humans have the wonderful ability to deceive or fool themselves. Well, yeah. I mean, look at us today. We deceive it's, ourselves if I, we think that we are not just as easily fooled as they were back then. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at this country now. This used to be a God-given country. Right? Yeah, it did. Look at us. How we were backsliding into a lot of things that we uh, we didn't before. Right. You know? We're taking God out of everything. Oh, we're taking God out of school. We're taking God off the money. We're taking God. Don't talk about God on your job. You might get fired. We don't mm. want. Don't talk about. We're, we're taking God out. So we're, we're we're not no better. And this is what God is telling us. And we turn from our wicked ways. Right. And seek His face. Humble ourselves. So we're no better. We're doing the same thing. We're when we're worshiping our idols and making our idols our God. You know? Yeah, we are. And we continue to do so. We're going to go into 1 Kings 
Their not. emotions, deep feelings show how sincere they felt about their beliefs. So what are we doing today? So today, too, some Christians worship service could remind a person at times of something like this. Mm -hmm. A lot of emotion, mm -hmm. a lot of excitement, mm -hmm. and a lot of noise. Amen. <laughs> so, Amen. so yes, we want to avoid Amen. worship service that remind people of funerals. Yes. But at the same time, we do not want worship service that remind them of priests of Baal at Mount Carmel. Some seem to think the more noise they make, the better worship service is. And that's not true either. That's not, no, that's not true. No, because you got to ask yourself, is the Holy Spirit going to be there? Right. Will the Holy Spirit come in? Hmm. See, it ain't about you. It ain't about how good a worship service you can give. It's how good or how good a worship service can you give that will invite the Holy Spirit in. Because that's not what worship is about. That's right. Perhaps one of the most important lessons from this story is that all worship must point to the true Lord, to the Creator. True worshipers need to follow the Word of God, which is the Bible. That's right. It needs to point the worshipers to the Lord and all His work in history. So the priests of Baal were the ones who made all the big noise, but Elijah prayed a simple prayer, Answer me, Lord, answer me. The, then these people will know that you are the one and only God. All right, because what the... Uh, 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 when I may, you said it's dancing in church. Well, well, yeah. What did they do to David? They went and got David to play for uh, Saul. Saul, yeah. Every time he got disappointed. Every time and he got Peter, disturbed and feared, yeah. he came, David came and played him some soft music to run the demonic spirits away. Boy. And then my man lost his head to oh, yeah. a belly dancer. John the Baptist. He said, yeah, John the Baptist. He said, Mine. look at, uh, I want his head on a platter. So now you get on over there and do that dance for my man sick of you know he likes the way you cut up, girl, because you just hypnotize him when you dance like that. So now, you think that kind of stuff will be going on up in the church? No, but they do hypnotize but they do. you got to be careful. But they do. So we got to watch what we do up in the church and say it's okay with God. That's what we call church. See, our watch. worship service should always make worshipers Think of the question that Elijah asked Israel. How long will it take you to make up your minds? If the Lord is the one and only God, follow him. Mm. But if Baal is the one and only God, follow him. Thank you. So our worship experience should force us to look inside our hearts. In this way, we will know where our true love is with the Lord or with anything else. That's right. Like my, my king said, well, who shall we say this uh, based on the coin, he said. That's right. Render to Caesar was Caesar's, 
and surrender to God with God. God. We got to remember that. Surrender to the world what's the world and give to God what's God. You can't put them together. You can't put them together because what's God is God and what's Caesar's is Caesar's. We cannot put them together. See, and that's what that's what we're trying to do here. This is what the church is doing. We're bringing too much of the world into the and, church. Into the churches. See, we got to be careful in the way that we worship. Well, if you look at the way that Baal, when they worship, what was they doing when they was worshiping back then? They were cutting themselves. They were shouting and leaping and, and crying jumping. and all of that. And dancing so be careful. and scratching themselves and, 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 and just falling out. And, and it's just all kind of weird stuff that you don't, you don't have to do it. It's not of God. If you look at the way that some of the songs that they play, you have to be careful in the way that you're worshiping. Where is your mind? What are you thinking of? What is it? You got to be careful not to worship in the way that they worship back then. That's right. Because there's nothing wrong with praising God. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But we got to be careful in how we do it. There's, there's nothing wrong with crying. Nothing There's nothing wrong, wrong with, with crying and, and crying and praising Jesus. Again, some think that the more noise you make, the better the worship no, service. No, 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 no. That's not that's not true. The more noise you make, that's not true. When he went into the synagogue, he said, "You people have turned my synagogue into what? A den of thieves, because they was doing that. They're making noise. They were selling. They was all kind of things was going on." God was unhappy with that. He was very displeased with that. So it don't always show that the noise you make makes Jesus happy. It's whether he is getting the glory. It's whether he's being worshipped. Because he knows the heart of us. And what it is, is you got to go and study what they did back in the day in First Kings. And then it will explain to you more of why he tells us to be careful because it's so subtle. Remember, it's hidden. So what it may look like is true worship may not be true worship. Well, you, 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 uh, you find out what worship the devil and what worship God. How you dress when you worship the devil and how you dress when you worship God. How you dance when you dance for the devil? How you dance when you dance for God? That's all you got to do is compare. Like the man had the quarter with seats of face on it. And he said, who, who do you... Surrender with... Who, who do you... Oh. Who do you surrender this to? Mm -hmm. And God said, you surrender to Caesar with Caesar's. And surrender to God was God. So you, you, you surrender to... The world was the world, the way the world dressed, the way the world danced, the way the world talked, the way the world act, you give that to the world. And then when you go into God's house, you give to God with God. Well, just like some of the songs, and then we're going to close with this. Some of the songs now, you 
is more like dance music. If you just, I'm just going to be honest. You, they take some of the R&B beat and, they, and mix they mix it in and put words of Jesus in there. But then when they start singing it, if you listen to some of the beat, which came from R&B. You know, it's an R&B song. And, and then you start singing that. Let me tell you what. It's so subtle. You don't even know. That's why he said, be careful because it's little by little. What yes. may be good, may sound good, is not always good for worship. That's why they call it temporary. Contemporary gospel. Contemporary well, gospel. this new age it's gospel new age, yeah, that they have today. It's not the real thing. Give me some uh, old gospel. Give me the old school. It sound like it, gospel. It sound like gospel. The, the beat is different. The tune is different. It lets me know it's the, the music of God. Amen. It's that the music of God. I don't like the way they do this new stuff. I mean, you they even rap. You don't have to rap to God. God ain't nobody you rap to. So that's another thing. That's another thing. Don't. Rap. Come on. So that is not worship. That you may think it is. But you need to study what the Word of God says about worship. So we just want to thank you for joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing. We're going to play a song. We're going to come back with closing comments. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. You know, sometimes when I'm riding in my car and just thinking about the goodness of the Lord, I want to sing to him to let him know how wonderful he is. The song says, I really love you. I really love you. Because you first love me. I really love you. Yes, I do. Yes. I really love you. Because you must love me I really 
Backsliding going on today is very much the same as the backsliding that has spread all over Israel in Elijah's time. Mm -hmm. So we need to remember, we need to read more and look back at the history of what they did back in Elijah's time. And it'll help you understand so much of what they did that we don't want to do today. But we are doing it and don't even realize the hidden, the hidden subtle things that are happening that we're doing today. We're doing today that they did in those back there in those days that God was unhappy with. As we remember, there were seven churches, seven letters that went out to churches, and it was things that the churches were doing that God was unhappy. Philadelphia was the only church out of the seven churches that got a great letter from God that's saying, you own the ball. You're doing the right thing. Keep the good work up. You're, you're all right. Every other six churches got, got a big old D, and we're one of them. Also, you got to remember for us worship, we do more entertaining yeah, that's than right. we do. They've done a lot of entertaining back in Baal worship. Yes. And that's not what we're supposed to do. That's not what we're supposed to do. But we're doing it. And we're doing a lot of entertainment in these days. They got everybody to go up on the stage and you sit in church like a still blog where you got certain people that do everything. That that are entertaining you. So think about that. That's what they did too. So they did a lot of that. So God said we're the last church and we're the Larry Sin Church. Larry Sin. We're rich. We're miserable. No. Rich, poor, blind, and naked. And naked. So and we, we need to re- we need to go and read that in Revelation. Yeah, so. we'll read that in Revelation. And we have a need of nothing. So he's telling we need to get it together. So he's talking to us, the last church. We're not pleasing him at all. 
He was letting him down in every way that he can be let down. That's right. So that means we got a lot of work to do. A lot of work. And he said there's a blessing in reading Daniel and Revelation in the end time, the will in the end time. Because there's prophecy right there, those two books right there. So we need to read those books so we can find out just what Jesus was talking about. When it comes to worship. When it comes to worship and what we need to do in the end time. That's right. So we just want to thank you for joining us. And now we're going to have prayer. And we'll come back with our email address when we're done. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and Everlasting Help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else, while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. Have a wonderful Sabbath. And also, if you have any Bible question or prayer, you can email us at robtgina fifty at gmail.com. We come on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And have a wonderful and blessed night. Good night.